Welcome to Drinking During Business Hours, where we have interesting conversations over a great bottle of wine. Drinking is optional. So sometimes my guest doesn't drink and they just watch me drink. That's fine too. I'm Sarah Halstead, your host. Support the show by subscribing, following, liking, and reviewing our episodes. Check out my website, Sarah J. Halstead, for my latest stand updates and social media links. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Drinking During Business Hours, where I have interesting conversations with creatives over a great bottle of wine. But this time, we're not going to drink. We're going to drink water. Uh, we're going to take a break from wine. <laughs> I have I have a really uh, wonderful friend on the podcast today. And what's really nice is we've been trying to get together for the longest time just to catch up. We've been trying to get together to have coffee. And finally, I said, how about instead of coffee, you just come on my podcast and we catch up that way. So uh, today I have my friend and very, very talented actress from Emmy nominated television series studio city aaron michelle soto hi aaron hi it's actually emmy winning studio oh city. oh i am so sorry <laughs> oh they need to update that on wiki oh wow yeah yeah it, yeah it, it said as of this morning yeah i'm gonna get on your publicist's ass about that oh wow <laughs> Yeah, Congratulations. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, Michelle, that's fantastic. Yeah, thank how, you. How 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 exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it um it won a It's one of few Emmys. Wow, how exciting. So this year Studio City won an Emmy. Yeah. So um Studio City won best digital drama. Okay. Um for uh for the uh it's the overall best you know emmy so um so it won the best digital drama and then tristan rogers also won an individual emmy in uh 2020 okay and then also pablo diaz won an emmy for cinematography so essentially the past three projects where you have been essential they have won an emmy They've won an Emmy. I mean, congratulations, my friend. I know how hard you work. And you, I re, I'll never forget the first time I saw a clip of you acting and you took my breath away. Thank you. You are very, very talented. So let's uh, let's start from the beginning. I mean, I know you, but, and, and I've interviewed you before with Jimmy Shin on uh, Jimmy and Sarah on the Sunset Script. Uh, sunset script. So it, you know what? It should have been called the Sunset Script, but it was called the Sunset Strip. Yeah. And um, and I I I had interviewed you, and but but it was you were you were a duo with Greg Baldwin, and so we never really we never really got had a chance to just go from the very beginning. You know, and I, I know you, and I've met your family at some comedy shows. Mm -hmm. I know that you you come from a really, really nice, supportive family. But tell yeah. us a little bit about your background. Where are you from? Um, so I'm from the San Diego area. Um, I just call myself a Cali girl because I've lived kind of in various parts throughout my life. So, um, but Southern California is where I was born, and um, and. I just come from, I don't know, the beach area, <laughs> and um, and my mom was a dancer. Okay, okay, and, that's right. Yeah, and my dad was a small business owner, and I just started dancing when I was two and a half years old, and um, so I was a little baby, just out of diapers. <laughs> wow, wow, um, and what kind of dance? It was ballet, no? Ballet. Um, and I did some tap too. Um, and that's what I started with was classical training. Okay. And pretty soon right after then, I realized that like I needed to use my voice. Okay. And triple threat. I'm feeling triple <laughs> threat coming on. I just, I, there was always something missing, you know, um, my mom knew that she wanted to dance. She's she's a little more like that was who she is. Mm. But for me, it was like there's there's I loved using my body. There was something there's the arts were always there. But as soon as I did my first play when I was seven, it was like that's that's like, you know, there's there's something to that. As soon as I could use my voice, it was like, OK, yeah. And that was Rumpelstiltskin. And I played the Miller's uh, daughter. So so at the age of seven, you know, because I think a lot of 
a, a lot of people, they know that they want to be an entertainer of some kind from a young age, but to have it really drilled down with what kind of entertainment in which capacity, I think that's rare. So that's, you know, um, definitely a, a perk that you had learned that so young an age that not only were you going to be an entertainer, but it was using your voice It was in particular. Yeah, it was, I knew it and I denied it from myself for a long time. Hmm. Why? Why is that? I would say pressure, you know, like there's outside life pressures and I of feel course. there's, you know, not just myself, but also, um, uh, you know, there's, there's friends, family wanting to fit in, you know, um, there's, there's all sorts of things that you want to do. You know, there's, there's either the cool crowd or, you know, there's not a place for you that you feel that you can express yourself. And I didn't have that platform mm. well what so your parents did your mom want you to be a dancer um she definitely wanted me to dance for sure um and then there's also you know the area of education mm -hmm. was important I feel that you know parents really care about you being stable and wanting stability of course but it it definitely there was a uh, pressure to um I guess they wanted, there was pressure to be like my mom to, to dance. However, it was only to go so far. Okay. And then join the rest of society. Interestingly, as Michelle so eloquently uh, speaks, sorry, you should see Aaron, her. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Erin, <laughs> Erin, okay. Michelle. Um, <laughs> but you should see Erin's posture right now. <laughs> You're making Answer. me want to. You're, you're making me want to sit up straighter in my chair. <laughs> so I just. So to your mother's point, uh, because I. I think my mom and dad also. I, I. They had me enrolled in ballet from a really young age, and I think a lot of parents. You know, your mom understanding that it was probably a little more. Um, the the intensity was heightened, being that she was a dancer. But I think a lot of parents just want their daughters to grow up and learn grace. And eloquence and, you know, just to have that um, athleticism from a, you know, from a feminine angle and, you know, and, and I'm speaking really conventionally and yeah. it's, and, you know, but that's, that's kind of a common thing. So do you think that that's where your mom wanted it to stop? I feel, uh, I, I feel that there was two different ways that she wants you know, she wanted and still wants me to dream big, but there's also that parental, but I want you to be safe. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, I want you, you know, I want, no parent wants you to be homeless. And no parent wants you to go through the perils of Hollywood, you know, because it, we hear the the struggle and uh, sometimes it's a, a Hollywood uh, ending and sometimes it's not. So, yeah. She, yeah, there's a lot of worry, I would imagine, yeah. that follows. So um, after after high school, uh, how long did you, what was the gap when you realized, or what was the moment when you realized, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue and reboot uh, this ambition of acting? Well, I actually ended up having a theater instructor who really um, inspired me. Mm. And... Who, who was just, it? Would you like to give him a plug? Um, well, her name was Leslie. Okay. And she just gave me this. Uh, she, she was just everything. And I think that that's one thing that like school instructors, um, they can really make a difference in your life. Oh, yeah. And she changed everything for me. And were you, so you said school instructors, was say, this college? She was a theater instructor, yeah. Okay. And she was the one who made me change and realize and decide who I am. Okay. Poof, that's a huge statement. And it was from that moment when everything changed. And 
within that, she, um, I mean, literally just everything changed. And within a few months I had like a, like I had a partial scholarship for theater and nothing changed. Like, I mean, nothing like nothing was ever the same. And I never like, I, I, I just moved forward with that and haven't like, it's been a straightforward path since then. I was well, like, so Leslie obviously saw your talent and potential and she uh, steered you. And so, so now you have a part-time scholarship at that time. Yeah. I had a part-time scholarship and, and what school did you, what theater was um, it? Um, I'll, I'll come out with that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at some at some point, but um, it was like one. It was a it was a theater school which I love and um, remains true to my heart. And from there, they helped me work with a couple other companies during the summertime and get some other scholarships and stuff like that. So, oh, so you? Wow, excellent. Yeah, your parents loved that. I mean it helps it helps (laughs) yeah it was you know they were they were hesitant and they've they've grown they've relaxed and grown more fun I mean my mom has gotten much more supportive over time and my dad is still hesitant but he goes he has his moments (laughs) okay okay well uh I would imagine you know Emmys and all the nominations and and now the win is are things kind of are they coming around and becoming a little more accepting? My mom definitely has. Uh, My dad is just like, are you safe? (laughs) I think that everyone, you know, I think if anything, it's just, you know, making sure it's like every parent just wants you to be successful. Right, right. Um, So how did the entering Hollywood begin? So the transition from college theater to acting uh, with the big with girls the, and boys. It's tough, you know. I feel like there's, with school, there's a lot more um, help in terms of like transition, which I feel can, um, which can be worked on in terms of transitional periods and stuff. Um, I don't know if, if there's a way, uh, if there's a program, <laughs> if there's like a transitional program, um, which can be taught. Maybe I, there should be. I feel like there should be. <laughs> Maybe that will be my business. Maybe that's what I need to do. I need to, I need to call it a trade, uh, trade program of that transition of, uh, of, uh, theater and, um, college acting into Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, I, I wish there were a manual. Yeah, I don't know. There if, is none, obviously. I yeah, I don't know if there there's a manual, but also like how can there be a manual with ever-changing times? Yes. And, you know, we're constantly like, even just right now, um, we're all still figuring out things. We don't even know what's going on with we're in 2022 and none of us know what's happening or what's going on within month to month. And so it's still precarious ground. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like we all at present need a manual for what's happening next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all just keeping our fingers crossed yeah. that we're moving forward. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's exciting uh, where we are today versus last year and mm-hmm. year previous, but at the same time, it's uh, we're definitely looking over our shoulder, especially with recent media, and there may be another surge. And um, but what's for sure is we've learned a tremendous amount, especially in the industry, um, with how to um, uh, safely uh, produce and film and record and. So at least there's that. Yeah. You know, we're all a little wiser. Yeah. And uh, where, how did that affect Studio City, the pandemic and filming? Um, it, you know, I know that there was in the first year, there was, they, you know, Michelle and Sean had a full cast and crew and, and Tim, like it was, it was, there was everyone and then now Michelle and John they're the producers um, uh, creators uh 
Sean is oh, Sean. the creator. Okay. And then Michelle is the main producer. Okay. And then Tim is the director. Okay. And um and uh they had a full crew in the first year. And then after then they because COVID could only have ten people for the second part of the first season. Mm. Um in in one room at a time there's all these covid rules it made things yeah. much tougher for them i bet um now how did you end up on this series what was the what were the steps and the what was the audition process it was um it it was an interesting way on like on in um so they have they have press going like handling that way so john's handling everything in terms of like the press of Studio City. Um, so I'll let them handle the press for Studio City and all of that. But it's it's been an amazing experience to like be on the show. And, like, oh, so you can't talk about the audition process, how you got on? Um, well, for me, I got on via um, just like all of the work, all of my past work and everything like that. Okay. So, so yeah. I mean, did you have an in-person audition? Was it a self-tape? everything yeah okay so yeah okay but um so that must have been really exciting what, what was uh, how did how did you find out you got the role I got a phone call <laughs> or yeah I got a message and then a phone call so yeah and did you know at the time because it was first season mm -hmm. correct so you you didn't know at the time that it was going to be a hit and multi-nominating and and winning and you know so what going into it you know, it's interesting because I've I've had actors, you know, on the on the show and um that that have they had no idea going into it that it was gonna be the huge success that it was. Yeah. And did you kind of have a feeling on production, writing? Was there anything that just made you feel like like, ooh, this this is something? When I you know, walked in, I, I've just kind of knew that it was going to be something special. Yeah. So yeah. It was, um, I, you know, I just didn't know at first and then I was like, oh, okay. Like the, the dynamic of the other characters, the and dynamic, it was just, and... it was, it was just the dynamic of everyone and just how everyone is just, I don't know. It, it's a really close knit group of people. That makes it so much better, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When you, when it becomes a family. Yeah. Um, and then when you reach that accomplishment with, you know, it's, it's just, a, uh, I'm sure that you'll be bonded forever. Yeah. You know, this, this whole process. Yeah. Um, so now your, um, your character is Christina and Anastasia. Christina and Anastasia. Well, yeah. So my character is Christina. Okay. Who plays Anastasia? Okay. So it's a it's a um, uh, she's an actress who's on a TV show. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's really cool. You do get to play two characters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. What a treat. That's an yeah. actor's dream. Yeah. 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 So it's it's fun. Um, I yeah. It'll be interesting to. I mean, I've. It's been fun. Yeah. Well, uh, so do you have to kind of do like a character breakdown for Christine and Anastasia? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How fun. I like it. Oh, my gosh. I, that's a really unique situation mm -hmm. uh, to be in. You mm -hmm. know, for an actor, it's um, definitely a perk. Uh, and then uh, how... It does this coincide because I know you from stand-up comedy. Yeah. And that's really when you and I got to know each other. We spent a lot of time yeah. in the green room at the comedy store mm -hmm. in particular. In particular, And where are you with stand-up now? With stand-up, I took a break during pandemic. Um, I was first doing, oh gosh, I did, what, two years? Two and a half years? I, or three years? Okay. I, I'm really bad at time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you were, um, um, you were taking classes and you were, um, you were performing a lot. Yeah. Around, yeah, yeah. around Los Angeles. Yeah. I would say I was doing more like mics and, and yeah, um, shows at the time, but, um, I was super busy and, um, 
And so, yeah, I was performing everywhere, doing a lot of shows, big shows at that time. Yeah. And then around, it was about pandemic time when I started, like, I got this weird thought in my mind where I can't tell a joke without hurting someone's feelings. And it was this recurring thought. Hmm. Which is a strange thought because, you know, like all comedy is like, if you break it down, it's a, it's the, the character is in a, a certain element of pain so that people can laugh. And it's not like bad pain necessarily. It could just be like, you know, bees are flying around and the person's trying to like get out of it. And so you're like, Ugh. and so, you know, yeah. Um, and it's hilarious, but for some reason it just wasn't, I don't know what I was going through at the time. So are you talking about more like hurting your own feelings by talking about it, your pain? It could be anyone's. Mm -hmm. It could be I'm making fun of this person eating chicken nuggets. Why are they eating so much gluten? It could be I'm making fun of this flower. The flower's feelings might get hurt. It could be making fun of my own feelings. Mm -hmm. For some mm -hmm. reason, I couldn't get around telling a joke without hurting someone's feelings. Okay. And I was, I don't know, I got super sensitive and was upset about that. Um, and then now I've, I'm getting back into it and, um, I was like, well, that's ridiculous. I just don't have to go so deep into it. <laughs> but I wonder just, if that's the actress in you. It's the, it's the actor in me where I was like, I'm hurting feelings. This is bad. <laughs> well, I think, you know, when you're, when you're an actor, you can, you're, you're the character. So you don't have to take responsibility for your whatever is being relayed or said because those are lines written for you it's, where comedy is it's you it's it's Erin Michelle that's exactly what it is is I could put it I can put it down if I'm the other person but I can't put it down so much if I'm in stand-up and I was having a hard time putting that away mm. and as characters, I can play the weirdest, evilest, you know, I could, I can play anybody, but I know at the end of the day, there's a certain thing in the Michael Chekhov technique, you draw a square around the space that you're going to be acting in. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you're done with it, you let it go and it's gone. But in stand up, I was unable to do that in that moment. And now I'm starting to find a way where I can. I have a feeling you'll find it. Um, especially if you really want it and if you really want to do it and pursue it, there's always a way. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't talk about anyone in particular in my stand-up. Mm -hmm. So that was my way because I'm also very sensitive mm -hmm. and I really don't like to hurt feelings. And I actually have a joke that I'm too nice, which is, <laughs> which is why no one has ever heard of me. <laughs> you know, I feel like if I were more eviscerating... And if I had a little more edge, I would probably be better known. I've I felt that way for a while. Yeah. Um, but that's just not me. That's just I'm I'm a nice comic. You know, yeah. I'm I'm a nice person. So I just I get away with just keeping every the the characters with whom I'm speaking vague. Mm. I'm dating this guy, but I don't say who it is. Yeah. My neighbor, I don't say which neighbor. My family, I don't say which family member, and that just makes it just for me a little more. Uh, livable yeah and, and that's but yeah there's there's always a way around everything if we really want yeah. it right <laughs> yeah so. my darn cat but not this one. <laughs> oh, so how is your cat I love we it. both have cats yes we both have cats <laughs> <laughs> and uh your cat is uh is really cute yes. you have um your your cat is uh, healthy, and my cat is obese. Mm -hmm. uh, when I look at your cat, I'm like, "See, that's what." And I show photos of your cat to my cat. Like, why can't you be more like? What is your cat's name? My cat's name is Sherman. Um, so Benny, why can't you be more like Sherman? Get on the treadmill, you know. Uh, <laughs> eat eat a little like uh, uh, twenty pounds less a day. <laughs> You know, Sherman's gained a little pandemic weight himself. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he's he's gone on the pandemic train, but it's all right. <laughs> um, well, where would we be without our pets, right? Right. Um, and so at least your, was that difficult during the pandemic? I mean, your family lives here pr pretty close. Um, did you, were you able to create a pod and just see people safely or, or were you 
like just really, you know, um, singular and held up in your place? Oh gosh, for a little while it was tough. Yeah. Um, gosh, for it was so hard not seeing my grandmas for a while. Oh yeah, um, that was dangerous seeing our elder yeah. relatives. Yeah, so I didn't get to see, I mean, it was the holidays that was really tough because we were all kept apart. Um, holidays were tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It was, um, you know, I was grateful in the sense that um, there was there was a couple people up here who I was able to see, but um, it wasn't family. It was, you know, kept more with, with friends who were a little bit younger, but family, no, it was, we were all separated and that was tough. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you really kept it safe then. Yeah. Hey, no, you know, I mean, I went home to Michigan and it was like, what pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, it, it sounds like, and not, I mean, it's, I mean, they were responsible outside of their bubbles or their pods, whatever they were called. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting how uh, East Coast and or you know South and and West Coast, however, one handled it differently. So, um, California just kept a little bit more conservative in terms of. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we really did. It was a different world here. Yeah. Um, especially in uh, in Los Angeles, like versus Orange County, like it was crazy how it would the variance just you know. County to county mm-hmm. was different. Yeah. Um, so now, when you're, uh, are you a full time actor? I mean, is this pretty much um, your like, like? Tell us, give us an example of your day, a typical day. An example with, of my day with Aaron Michelle Soto. <laughs> with Aaron Michelle Soto. Well, today uh, I woke up and I got ready for this podcast. <laughs> you look beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, that's what that's what I did. Uh, Last night was my manager's birthday, so we celebrated that. And oh, that's so fun. That was lovely. Um, after this, I'm supposed to go to a meeting. I'm actually working on a short film, which I am uh, writing and creating and um, working with some actual producers. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm not good at the producing part. <laughs> uh, but you're writing and creating. Um, yeah. So uh, that's just a passion project. It's not um, necessarily for profit but it is something that i want to get out there so that's beautiful that's something that uh, me and another writing partner are working on wonderful and and then after that i have a nine page audition which i'm working on nine pages (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) now um uh, post studio city and its success have you seen Mm -hmm. a an increase with activity with your auditions and would you say that it's giving you what we call in Hollywood is heat? It's given me some heat for sure. Um, what's hard has been the pandemic. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it's just been this. Um, it was it's like, oh, this this thing is filming. It's filming out of town or it's filming here. It's filming there. So it's definitely been giving me some heat, which has been grateful. I signed with a manager who I love. Excellent. Um, so th- this was post Studio City. Post-Studio so City. Representation. Representation. It's now in play. Mm-hmm. Just That's... signed with a new agent. And so, Wow. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. So things are really starting to cook. Oh, I love that, Erin. I'm so happy for you. you. It's very, very well-deserved. We had dinner um, uh, prior to the pandemic, and I remember you were auditioning like crazy. Mm -hmm. And and you take it so, so seriously, and you're very disciplined. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just everything that you do, uh, you you take it with um, your... Is it okay if I say that my impression of you is you may be a perfectionist? I'm I'm a little too much sometimes, and that's something that I'm working on is to just let it go. <laughs> um, there's there's things that uh, that I'm learning at the moment of just being like, uh, and that's one reason why I love doing comedy is because that's a place where I'm like, let's make it bad, let's make it messy, yeah, let's make this get ter- a little raw, let's make this terrible. Let's go bomb tonight. You know, that's a place where I actually enjoy bombing. (laughs) 
because you can just really, yeah, let just see where it goes. Yeah. And not be in control of it because we're we're inevitably not in control of stand up. Yeah. So it's impossible. Yeah. And some of my um, I actually have one of my friends from Studio City who might come watch a stand up thing because I was like. I'm going to go bomb. And they're like, wait, what? You? Like, because they, you know, they like me. To, Unlike your character. Yeah, like they know me to like want to do well and that sort of, you know, like I, I, I will tape auditions until I'm like, no, 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 again, again, again. <laughs> like I want to, I want to, you know, get it right. And that's something that I'm working on because I care so much in yes. certain areas. And so now I'm working on, you know, uh, like when I paint, I want to splatter paint. I want to make it messy. I want to make it, you know, terrible. And that's something that I want to I want to continually to work on in my acting is make it bad. Mm. Well, you know, sometimes when you add those elements of just kind of uh, messy, it it's also an intrinsic link to our vulnerability. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think that, that I mean, because we we see those actors where it looks messy but it comes across on the page as perfection yeah. because they got messy. Yeah. And I've noticed that when I, the times when I do make it messy, um, and when I'm act, I find that when I'm acting, I can make it messy, but when I'm auditioning, I'm making it perfect. Mm. And that's certain areas. And I'm like, why do I do that? Well, because we have the ability to. So just for, for listeners, uh, we now as actors self tape opposed mm-hmm. to going to the office uh, going to the casting office where we would only get one or if we're lucky two takes with a professional casting director. Now for those same casting directors, we do self tapes because of COVID mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful thing. And it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's wonderful because we get to skip traffic, especially in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's nice to be able to self tape at midnight I've had readers, you know, where uh, we've done it till the wee hours of the morning and we've had fun with it and we can just really, really take our time. But then if you're a perfectionist like yourself and um, and not me at all, but like you, (laughs) no, no, I I like, no, I mean, if you're putting in the time, you want to make it good. I've definitely had my 40 takes. Don't get me wrong. But so so self tapes are, you know, we had to we had to create a studio inside Mm -hmm. our living space whether it be a home or apartment or a studio or whatever and we have to have lights and a tripod and a decent phone to record and a reader and yeah yeah, I mean it was we had to become like a a little Steven Spielberg inside our home yeah and it was a lot of pressure yeah do you have everything do you have your lights and camera and yeah, you have to. I mean, you aren't in the game right. unless if you have all of that. And I mean, I would say I'm a perfectionist, but not in a perfectionist. You know, like I am to a degree, but when I want to really go for it, I'm not. Well, I wonder um, also, and, and I, I know what you mean by that. Um, but when I when I really go for it, and don't and don't feel like it was too much of a stretch. I feel like it's just a role that's made for me. Yeah. I can feel when I'm reaching yeah. and I can feel when it's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And that's what I mean by it's like you exactly like it's and I guess to the listeners it's it's that certain rawness. Mm-hmm. And that's the non-perfection perfection where you're just letting it be and letting it go and just letting everything happen. And that's the imperfection perfection. Like, and so that's also what makes self-tapes hard because it's hard to like go there without a person and a human being and, you know, like, and just like letting all of that roll. Yeah. But that's also what makes it perfect too. It's some other times because when it's perfect, you can just allow that to all happen. I often wonder, do casting directors know how many takes we're doing? You know, I mean, because I'm I'm told that they can tell when we're wearing ourselves out mm. with so many takes. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a skill. It's a mad skill that we've had to uh, accumulate, especially over the, you know, the, this tumultuous time. But uh, 
have have you have you booked roles off self tapes? Yeah, I mean, okay. like it's the only way. It's you know, I mean, my very first role was the very first. I mean, like every everything is self tape now. So it, that's interestingly, um, almost all of my roles I booked in person, hmm. and self tapes. Uh, uh, yeah, not as much, and I'm like, oh, am I doing it? You know, and uh, yeah. Uh, are you studying with anyone? Um, Howard Fine when oh, I can. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. when I can, uh, mm-hmm. Howard Fine. And then also another place when I can is Theatricum Botanicum, um, which is completely not self-taping whatsoever. They're like out in the woods. Um, it's Shakespeare, so. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh, how cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm total thespian, Shakespearean person. I don't know. That's my, my other side of me, which is. Well, I, I, I think I remember when you started this program, was it about four years ago? Um, uh, because I, I remember when you. Panda three years ago. Yeah. We were, we were having dinner. How long is pandemic? Yeah. You you had mentioned, you had mentioned that you were just starting, um, uh, to study, Shakespeare. Uh, you had known about Shakespeare, obviously. I'm sure you already had a foundation. Yeah, of it. I've already had a foundation, mm-hmm. just not um, in depth. Just not in depth. Uh, I've, I mean, it was some in school, but um, yeah, and uh, they're just like the best on the West Coast, pretty much. So, um, other than, or they, you know, like they claim, so other than London. And so I got some, I've gotten some really good training and I, I haven't been over there in a bit, but during pandemic, I actually joined a Shakespeare, uh, pandemic zoom group. Oh, I love it. We've done over, I've personally, because I can't do every reading, I think I've done like 18 plays. <laughs> so yeah, I've read a lot of Shakespeare plays. <laughs> That's, uh, do you have a particular, or a favorite Shakespeare, Shakespearean play? Um, favorite one, I don't know, but I would love at some point, like when I'm older to do much ado about nothing. Oh, Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice. She was such a firecracker. <laughs> yeah. Um, she might be my, well, Kate and Taming of the Shrew for me um, is my favorite female yeah. character. Okay. And then Beatrice yeah. would probably be my second. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Are there, t- they're even, you know what? They're, yeah. they're both fantastic. She is a firecracker as well. Yeah. <laughs> I like the firecrackers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, who have you played thus far? Um, well, it's, we've done a lot of gender reversals as well. Oh, it's cool. gender and age reversals. So it was actually pretty fun. Um, I mean, I did play Beatrice in Much Ado when we were doing the reading. Um, I asked to do that. (laughs) They agreed. But most of the time, you just get what you're assigned. Um, So it was fun to play in Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm -hmm. I played Helena, not Hermia, which Mm. was fun. Mm. Um, Because I'm more of a Hermia because I'm smaller. Um, And that was fun because she actually has some really good monologues. and then uh, Taming of the Shrew, I actually played the sister. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. then I played, like, a couple of the, like, little bit male roles within there. Um, All of those characters are great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, oh, gosh. Um, there's, I mean, I, I'm trying to, like, come across all sorts of names and people right now. I'm like, what other plays have I done? I did Kent in uh, um, King Lear. Okay. Which was fun because it was a gender reversal and much older. So um, I did Kent, and then I also did the youngest daughter. Um, why am I running? There is Goneril, um, Regan, and... Why am I running out of her name? But the youngest daughter. Okay. Um, I mean, just so so a fun array of Shakespearean characters that Mm -hmm. definitely help to mold your craft. I mean, the stronger actor will have a background of doing of of some experience with Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. They say, yeah, and and it would seem you know it kind of forces you to uh, because you really really have to do a deep dive Mm -hmm. it's a different kind of character breakdown Mm -hmm. 
So one thing I loved doing was I got to play Hamlet, part of Hamlet. Oh boy! Everyone in our because everyone wants to play Hamlet. Sure, so of course. Everyone in our reading got to play Hamlet at some point. So. I love that men and women get to play. You know that women are have that opportunity. Yeah. So we there's six readers, and I got to play Hamlet in the fifth act when he dies, um, and I played Ophelia. Oh, Ophelia! <laughs> so oh. I died twice in one play. um are there any particular stages that you that are on your bucket list i haven't i haven't thought i mean like you know people were saying yesterday like new york shakespeare in the park but oh that would be which would be a bucket list for sure yeah bucket list but i haven't really like I just have enjoyed the process of just doing it. Yeah. I, I didn't really like think like, oh, I must be here. I must be there. I've just thought, oh, this is fun. <laughs> and and it's working. Your process is working. Yeah. So um, do you think that you would ever, because you're such a lover of theater, do you think you would ever do Broadway? Do you think you would ever make that jump or leap to New York City? I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'm not really ambitioning for just theater I feel like if someone offered me to do a play, I would do it. But I love the intimacy of the camera. Okay. All right. So that's your preferred choice is television. There's something about... uh, The close-up. The close-up and the reaching of more audiences. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there's a certain element of... Only certain people can pay for theater. Yeah, that is true. And I thought of this, I've been, ever since I've, like, have been going to theater school and, like, I got my scholarship and how many people helped fund me in order to be able to go to school. I didn't have any money when I was going to school and being able to do things. And I couldn't afford to, you know, do all of that. And if I didn't have that money, I couldn't have done all those things. It's very expensive to go to a Broadway play. And I want to be able to get good work out there so that everyone can see it. That's lovely. You just have to be able to afford an HBO Max account. No. (laughs) (laughs) But it needs to be. All these these subscriptions. Jeez. By the time we pay for everything, we could go to a Broadway play. But it's still less. CBS Access, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Yeah. You still have to be able to live in New York. Yeah. You still have to be able to live in Los Angeles. You still have to be able to live wherever you're living. There's people in, literally, there's people in India who've messaged me on Instagram and been like, where can I watch you? Oh. And like, or other people from like other places. And they're like, oh, well, I can watch you here. or I can watch you there. Like, how can I do these things? And it's like, well, how, like. I don't know. No, they can't, like, watch everything everywhere. And, I mean, yeah, there's, like, YouTube and all these other things. But there has to be some accessibility. Yes, yes. I mean, it's that's a much better answer to say you find me on, you know, this network or or YouTube rather than get on a plane, meet me in New York, come to the Pantages Theater. Yeah, exactly. I I mean... Stay in a hotel for $1,000 a night. And I love that. I mean, I love doing the you know like there is a certain element where it's like okay this will be fun i'll enjoy this yeah you know this will be this will be great this you know this will be fantastic but then there's also there's you know this as well and there's also like the the enjoyment of having that and you can keep it forever especially while you're building your name and yeah immortalizing your your work um is a little easier right now if you're on a show it, I mean, I guess it can, it can help and you can keep it forever. Yeah. Even more than stand up. you know, yeah. I mean, you only get so many people in the belly room at the comedy store. And then if you put out a special, well, now you're getting millions of viewers versus 30 people. Yeah. Or, you know, however that, that room is. But I, I do love that live audience. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's addictive. So I guess it's just all about 
balancing everything. Yeah. And, you know, just, just making sure I, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure and that's a great segue into social media. Mm-hmm. And because that's another platform that's been really pivotal mm-hmm. to actors and entertainers. Um, so how are you using these platforms and uh, where, where do you lean on more? Is it more Instagram, more TikTok? So lately it's been more Instagram. TikTok is very time consuming. It is. <laughs> I, I did one thing and I was like, mm, this will be very, this will take my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I want to do it right. You do the, the TikTok dance and the, I did, I did the, the voiceovers. The, and Oh my gosh. Because if I do it, I want to do it well and right. And I was like, it's not going to get enough followers unless if I do it like this video and then I do it this way. Like, cause I know, you know, like I can figure it out. But then I can't. (laughs) Well, you can't. I've never been able to figure out TikTok. So, (laughs) well, if you spend the time, like if you really look at all the hashtags, yeah, and then it's just a a time. It's just a sucker. Time sucker. Mm -hmm. So, if you really took the time to take the time, you could figure it out. Yeah, but that's very time consuming. It is. And so it's like, do you want to be a TikToker or do you want to be an artist? And so I was like, I want to be an artist. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I could, if I have something to say, put some stuff on TikTok. Or once I have something, there's a point. But right now I have no point. I, I don't have anything to say that makes a point. Like, there's no, there needs to be a point. Yeah. Or, you know, some of these <sighs> TikTok artists, uh, they go viral because they have no point. You know, that's... <laughs> There's really no rhyme or reason. There's a lot of luck involved and timing involved and demographics are involved. And, you know, it's it's a particular platform. I mean, some people have been able to tap into it very successfully. Yeah. And others are, you know, like for me, Instagram is a little easier, actually exponentially easier. Yeah. I just versus TikTok. Yeah. I don't know. Even Twitter for me, you know. But yeah, TikTok is like a beast. But it's oh yeah. But you do a great job on Instagram. I do. I I just thank you. I mean, I don't even. Yeah, you're (laughs) inspiring, and uh, it's very positive and bright, and you yeah, it's it's a breath of fresh air. You don't get dark. Yeah, I I try not to get too dark. You know, there's there's a lot of things that can go in either direction and it's like why put that out there yeah no just my personal opinion as an entertainer I just don't want to uh I want I'm here to make people's lives brighter Mm -hmm. I'm entertaining I want to entertain them I don't Mm -hmm. want to you know bring people down and I don't feel like uh oh I have to send a message yeah you know that's I those that just annoys me I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be super famous. When you're super famous, you probably feel a responsibility that you have to, you know, convey messages that, that with integrity or what, whatever you feel is right. But I just like to stay out of it. And I do feel there's a certain element that can be of realness and being real. And there's a there can be a time, but it's just deciding if and when and when are you going to and if you open that up then you're opening it up then it's open forever (laughs) the internet is forever so it's do you when and if do you want to go down that rabbit hole yeah exactly um well you've done a lovely job at just remaining uh balanced and um and maintaining that and being bright and uh and just it's been lovely to watch an artist really bud and you've just absolutely blossomed and now you're creating and you're writing and you're so young uh i just can't wait to see where you go and how you flourish because i know you're just going to continue on and on and on thank you yeah and and thank you for being you know that bright positive force in hollywood Thank it's you. inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I do have to say, like, I've 
I've seen a lot of like cool stuff coming out from you, like a lot lately during oh, pandemic and stuff. Thanks. So thanks yeah, so much. like I do want to like acknowledge that as well. I was like, oh, Sarah's doing this and Sarah's doing that. And she has a show going and she has a podcast going and she yeah. has like a special out and she has all these things. Like well, I have like watched well, all that stuff. Thanks. So. It's, it's really fun coming up together with, yeah. with groups of friends yeah. and to see how everyone just has their own journey and we all kind of find our path. Yeah. And if we're all ambitious, um, and not all of us are, some people drop off and that's okay. I respect that too. Yeah. It's not for everyone. This is no. hard. Yeah. This is yeah. so hard. Yeah. Um, so I respect if, you know, some of my friends recently decided to just take a break or, you know, ha- hats off, man. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to continue on, it's really fun to watch our friends find their journey and their path and and just develop and create and do really cool things yeah yeah no it is like it is cool and like I'm happy to see that you've like really continued to like grow well thank you we've had some nice moments in the green room yeah and we had some nice dinners yeah and I can't wait to break bread with you again I know you don't eat bread but you know I (laughs) (laughs) I I, I can't wait to share a stew with you that sounds good Okay. We can have some Gluten-free, stew. Gluten-free, vegan. Uh, again, I really, that's why her skin and hair and everything is so luminous. We'll go, we'll go out and have some vegan food. <laughs> My hair is frizzy. I'm, I'm going to have a cheeseburger after this. No, um, but uh, I know really, I, I can't wait to continue uh, this journey. And uh, I hope you come back. Yes. <laughs> and I hope to be in a lineup with you soon. Yeah. <laughs> and just all fun things to come. And where can our listeners find you? Yes. Everywhere at Aaron Michelle Soto, E-R-I-N-M-I-C-H-E-L-E. I have to spell everything up. S-O-T-O. And pretty much on all platforms, but I'm mainly on Instagram. And check her out on Studio City, uh, the Emmy-winning <laughs> television series, Studio City, role of Christine and Anastasia. Yeah. Thank you so very much, Erin. And until the next time on Drinking During Business Hours.